Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There's breaking news out of Louisville, Kentucky. You see a huge police presence there. There are, quote, multiple casualties, according to police, as they respond to an active aggressor. Officials, including the ATF, are telling everyone to stay away from the area of 300 block of East Main Street. The mayor also urging the public to stay away from the area. We have now learned uh, that this is a shooting, that there are multiple people who are down, including a police officer. That was how the word broke. This shooting starting at 8.30 this morning. Attention homeowners. Who else Sorry wants about us that? Home? In Louisville, Kentucky. That's where the shooting started. Or I should say took place. This was at a bank, Old National Bank in Louisville. Uh, the numbers of those who were harmed, killed, is changing as it always does in the early parts of an investigation. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. I have been discussing all day today that there is not a news story today that isn't just frustrating and horrific and, well, radical. This added on to it is is not something one wants to see. Officers had responded within minutes to uh, the call uh, that there was a shooting at the building that has the old National Bank location. Uh, they claim uh, right now it was a lone shooter, someone who possibly did have a connection to the bank, was killed on scene. That information can change as well. Two officers, as reported by Fox News, hit during an exchange of gunfire with the suspect. One of those officers undergoing surgery at a local hospital. The police there, including the Louisville Metro Police Department Deputy Chief Paul Humphrey, saying, quote, I want to reiterate that there is no active threat. We believe this is a lone gunman involved in this that did have a connection to the bank. Now, of course, we're going to hear from people regarding how awful we're going to hear from people regarding heroism. Uh, the governor of Kentucky, Andy Bashir, speaking out. This is awful. I have a very close friend that didn't make it today. And I have another close friend who didn't either, and one who's at the hospital that I hope is, is going to make it through. So when we talk about praying, I hope people will. For those that we are hoping can make it through the surgeries that they're going through, and then we've got to do what we have done these last three years after everything. We've got to wrap our arms around these families. And to everybody who needs it, don't be afraid to get some help. Now, he's got more to his uh, statement, uh, but I do agree with the Democrat mayor of, of Kentucky, sorry, Democrat governor of Kentucky in both of those places. But of course, there will be the immediate conversations of only in America, only because of guns. Uh, a couple of things, if I may, right off the quick, because I don't 
believe that the delay is, is necessary. I will not relent on my support of the Second Amendment, even in the face of horror, because I do not relent on rights, even in the face of horror. I do not look at bad times. I do not look at bad moments. I do not look at tough times. I do not look at tough moments as moments to give up on the code that got me here. I refuse. I equally refuse to let those people who think they know something try and tell me why my rights can't exist. I reject the premise. I reject them. I do so without any level of hesitation at all. I have no need to. A bank robbery possibly took place, although we still don't know what exactly this was. Let's, if we were in in the uh, people in the assumption game, bank robberies have happened before. Uh, why, Why do you rob banks? That's where the money is. I'm not saying I'm down with it. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm saying that if you go about killing people, you should expect for your life to end. I have many a question here. But I don't go about the the willingness to sit quietly during this level of horror and let people slowly try and chip away at the rights to protect and defend oneself. I simply won't have it. I want to fight them. Now, what I want more than anything is the recognition that this constant screaming about guns does us no good. What was I reading? I was reading uh, Greg Popovich, the coach of the uh, San Antonio Spurs, screaming about uh, guns as if Greg Popovich is the somehow the guy we're supposed to listen to. The myth of a good guy with a gun. Oh, please. Not a myth. How ugly. How insane. How How gross. I say that today. I said it yesterday. I'll say it tomorrow. I'm not going to be told I can't have a conversation. I'm not going to be told that Greg Popovich is the moral and decent one. I'm not going to have it. He doesn't want these shootings and neither do I. But his plan keeps me not as a citizen but as a subject of a nation. The answer is no. And his response could very well be, oh, you're silly, or oh, you're, you're, you're just insecure in your manhood, or whatever. I've seen all the responses online. They're, they're hilarious. I've got history on my side. He doesn't. The history he has on his side is so absolutely violent and horrific, it will make the violence we see now look like a petting zoo. I'm tired like you are. I am no different. I am tired like you are. I am exhausted by this because it's the same old, same old, and no conversation of why is this happening? The people who want to grab the gun are weak. The people who want to grab the gun have no no mind. They are unwilling to discuss the important issues. Why? We have a society that says, I'm unhappy, let me go kill others. 
I, I, I'm going to go right or wrong by hurting people I've never met. You think the governor of Kentucky has to lose friends today? You think that he's a Democrat somehow changes the humanity of how awful that is? Not for me, it doesn't. Not for a second. I don't think it does for you either. But somehow, for a lot of people, they see horror and they lose their humanity. And they say, oh, you can't have a gun. The same people said, oh, we've got COVID. You can't leave your house. You have to get vaccinated. You have to wear a mask. Well, no, don't tell me what I have to do, you psychopath freak. If you want to get vaccinated, if you want to stay at home and live in fear, if you want to wear a mask, go ahead. I'm a healthy individual and I'm an American citizen. I don't have to do crap. And yet look at all the people who immediately fell in line. You ask me why I'm not willing to give up my rights. It's because I didn't have to read a book about communist Russia or Mao's China to understand what it's like to live in a society where you have no rights. I watched the United States during COVID and I said, oh crap, that ain't for me. Because that ain't for me. I wanna know what happened here and I'm gonna be covering this story throughout. I'm gonna be bringing you as much information as I can uh, uh, about it. Was this somebody who worked there? Was this one of those kinds of things? And if so, why does that happen? I don't want to pontificate. I don't, I, or, or, I don't want to make uh, assumptions. I want to know. So it is very possible we're going to have more and more updates and this information is going to change. What won't change, because these people are like clockwork, are those screaming, well, the guns, well, the guns. No. It's well the society, well the society. The society is broken. You selfish bastards. You've got platforms and you won't discuss it. You've got platforms and you're not working on fixing it. What good are you? You've got platforms and all you can scream is the guns, the guns, the guns. And we wonder why there's a societal collapse. Because the people, far too many of them with platforms, aren't willing to fight for a decent society. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. With the enactment of a new law in Indiana, 14 states have now banned gender-affirming health care, while some of these laws are currently blocked by courts. This is a dangerous, a dangerous attack on the rights of parents to make the best health care decisions for their own kids. According to the Human Rights Campaign, more than 50% of transgender youth in the U.S., which is estimated to be more than 150,000 kids, live in states in which transgender youth have lost access to or at risk of losing access to gender-affirming care. Look, this is awful news. Let's be very clear about that. LGBTQI plus kids are resilient. They are fierce. They fight back. They're not going anywhere. And we have their back. Crin Jean-Pierre should be thrown out of her job for that statement. Because LGBTQIA plus kids 
are kids. What do you mean they're fierce and they fight back? What the hell are you talking about? They're fierce and they fight back. Against what? Their parents? Adults? A civil society that knows you don't mutilate children and lie to them into saying, yes, you're a boy, but you can decide you're a girl, and then boom, you're a girl. No, you are not. They're fierce and they fight back. What are you talking about? And what is this? Well, this LGBTQI, now the I is in there? Don't you get how embarrassing you are? How pathetic this all is, the level of divisiveness in this, all starting from a baseline, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Why won't you protect kids? My God, what is wrong with you? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Kids are resilient. Kids are fierce. Uh, you, you don't think they should be able to carry a firearm until they're 40. So what are they resilient about? Education? You took them out of education for two years. We see how they're suffering. Maybe they're actually kids. Now, maybe we shouldn't be so um, helicopter parents with kids. Maybe we shouldn't be lawnmower parents. You know the difference, right? A helicopter parent uh, is the one who hovers, right? That's that's the hovering uh, parent. The, the lawnmower uh, parent is the one who takes down all the obstacles, mows them down. So your kid doesn't know how to, you know, do anything, doesn't know how to fight. You wanna tell me that kids are fierce and resistant and, and, and resilient, I should say, when they take their parents with them to job interviews? Go on, ask the employers of America whether or not the kid folk are resilient. Did you see that statement from Representative Ocasio-Cortez talking about um, the, the decision from the judge in Texas about mifepristone or about mefepristone, which is this medication abortion drug and questioning whether the FDA should have ever allowed it 23 years ago? I'm going to get into the story. But one of the things that she says in classic Representative Ocasio-Cortez style, I actually uh, have some exclusive audio of Representative Ocasio-Cortez uh, talking um, ab about uh, the decision in, in Texas and wanting Joe Biden to ignore it. I want an umpa now! That sounds right. That, that, that's Ocasio-Cortez. Um, she, she's talking about that, and then she's talking about what happened in Tennessee, where those members were expelled. I'm going to get into that story as well. And uh, she writes, Republicans may think they won today in Tennessee, but their fascism, oh, holy hell, child. Just, just stop. Their fascism is only further radicalizing and awakening an earthquake of young people, both in the South and across the nation. If you thought youth organizing was strong, just wait for what's coming. Gen Z don't play. Oogie boogie. What? Gen Z don't play? What the? What the hell does that mean? What, is, what does that mean that Gen Z don't play?
You you think that this is a tough generation? You think Gen Z is a tough generation? Hold on a second. Let me go uh, to roving producer AJ. Uh, very good to have you back, young man. That man has produced uh, my morning show. It is now back uh, for a short while for, for, for this show. Are you, are you Gen Z? No, I'm a millennial. Okay, you're a millennial. Yeah. All right. And and you don't even fit the mold of millennials because, like, you, you do work and you've got your own business and you're a musician and you, you, you do, like, this multiplicity of, like, crazy cool stuff. Yeah, I do so, a lot. <laughs> so Gen Z, AJ, is younger than you. Yes. Like, by how many years? Um, I would like to say, oh, man, seven years. Okay. you're Except, but, Maybe eight. You're you're in the middle of millennial. You're 30, right? Yes. Okay, I didn't want to out you with that, but it's screw okay. it. It's, it's done. okay. I'm over um, it. You've met some Gen Z people? Mm-hmm. A lot of tough guys in the Gen Z crowd? Uh, they're very to themselves. I will say that. So I'll ask a question. They won't say much, but I'll get a head nod of like, oh, okay. Well, then. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm asking, are they tough? Ah. Well, I'm not, I want to say n- not really, but I haven't messed around yet. If I do mess around, I will let you know firsthand. So you're saying that you have to f around to find out? <laughs> yeah, you know the, the the what is that that little acronym F A F O or something? Right, like that? right, 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 right. Um, Gen Z don't play has got to be one of the most incredible statements for a member of Congress to state. Um. Because I'm pretty sure after watching the baby boomers and watching the millennials and watching Z, the only generation that don't play is Gen X. We're the people who are like, you, you're just, oh, you child, you. But so we're clear. What does don't play mean? What am I supposed to take from that? What am I supposed to take from the idea that uh, the, 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 the LGBTQIA plus is, is fierce? Adults making decisions is exactly what should happen. And people who think children who should make, are the ones who should make decisions are very, very weird people. Their desire for indoctrination, their desire for control, their desire for, for the revolution. Viva la revolution! My God. God, why does it? Why doesn't Ocasio Cortez put that on a dress? Both Corinne Jean Pierre and Representative Ocasio Cortez engaged in one of the uglier conversations you're ever going to witness. Not only in favor of the abuse of children, my words, but in favor of utilizing children to get their desired political result. My God, what kind of society do we think they could run? Ugly stuff, kids. Ugly. But with AOC, oh, it got worse. It got it got so much worse. I'm going to break down this abortion conversation. And then we're going to get more into that Nashville conversation. And then we got to talk Riley Gaines. She gets attacked on a college campus. And neither Corinne Jean-Pierre nor Representative Ocasio-Cortez stand up for her. Because they don't actually care about women. They only care about their ideology and by any means necessary. I like tying it together for you. And how about the story that no one's talking about? The leak of documents from the Pentagon. Major Mike Lyons is with me to discuss it next. This is Tony Katz today. Dope.
it is quite remarkable to me that one of the biggest stories out there today um, is getting no coverage whatsoever, guys. It's getting zero coverage. It's a story that actually does affect our lives and our livelihoods. It affects our kids, and it isn't uh, the abortion pill story and medication abortions that has people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez saying we shouldn't even listen to the Supreme Court and the FDA is is superior to it. It isn't this conversation about Nashville and the expelling of a couple members there for basically leading a riot, which they did, and all three members, in my view, should have been expelled. There is a story going on. It's happening right now, breaking right now about this shooting that took place in Louisville. We're going to learn more about that story. But there was a Pentagon leak and absolutely positively no one is talking about it. A leak that not only describes exactly what's going on with Ukraine and Russia, but a leak that might very well describe what's going on with the United States. Guys, I'm Tony Katz. Good to be with you. Welcome to the show. Presented by Americans for Prosperity, americansforprosperity.org, economic liberty, free speech. That's where it's at. This is Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army, uh, joins us right now. You've been talking about this, trying to explain to people that this is a much bigger story that anybody has given it credit for, sir, leaked Pentagon documents show how deep U.S. has compromised Russian intelligence. You would take from that that there's some some good news here that the U.S. is doing its job on the intelligence side, but that these documents were leaked is the story. So first, what's going on with Russia and Ukraine? And secondly, why is no one talking about this leak? Okay, first question, not sure. Uh, What's going on right now is there's been a leak of documents, two different troves, about 100 in total, um, but at least 50 that journalists have had access to over the past week or so. And and Tony, these are as significant as uh, 50 separate stories that could be told onto themselves. They talk about the United States eavesdropping on our allies. They talk about the fact that we don't think Ukraine is going to survive uh, another year as a stalemate. They talk about positions on the ground of the Ukraine military, um, what's going on with their air defense platforms. They do demonstrate a significant amount of U.S. competence when it comes to uh, reading the, the, you know, what's going on within Russia. But that's not good now because that news is out. So those doors are all going to get closed down. So this is a leak of, of the proportion of WikiLeaks and Edward Snowden. However, this is going to have significant impact, I think, on the ground in Ukraine as this offense looks to try to get off the ground. This tells us, sir, um, that both Russia and Ukraine have really gotten the crap kicked out of each other. The, these documents state that that anybody who thought that the Russian military was going to take this in three days, it's clear we didn't have any intel whatsoever regarding, regarding how bad the Russian military was. But we didn't understand exactly how inept, how, uh, uh, let's call it corrupt, and how willing Vladimir Putin is to just throw body after body at this thing. What does it detail about the Russians that we kind of already know, but we really should understand? Well, most of the casualties, the initial reports on the casualties were a lot higher. It looks like Russian disinformation sources then took them and tried to modify them uh, to show that they were actually less. But if they came true from the initial reports, the Russian casualties are much higher than anyone had had reported before. Same on the Ukraine side, though. Ukraine has suffered 
some tremendous casualties. Um, but the air defense systems, I think, are the biggest story in this, in that um, the Ukraine is running out of those SA-300s. Those are not something that the United States can get their hands on very easily. You've got to send other air defense platforms. This is why that um, the Patriot missile and all these other air defense systems that the United States is trying to get there uh, on time is going to be so important because Russia still has more of that capability than the Ukraine can shoot down. Talking to Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army. Uh, the other part of this story, this specific story, is that this shows us that the United States has serious Serious issues. We are leaking everywhere. It wasn't just Snowden. It wasn't just Trump. We've got leaks, and these leaks are all over the place. We've got a serious, serious issue. How come, or maybe, maybe I, I'm saying how come, maybe I, I've got it wrong. What has been the response to this from the Department of Defense? What has been the response uh, from the Biden administration? Because I haven't heard one from the Biden administration. Mm -hmm. And what does this tell you? What does this tell military members about the safety and security of, well, our safety and security? There's two channels right now that the, the investigation is going down. The DOJ channel is looking for the individuals because this is a crime. Um, you can even send it as far as it's treasonous for the amount of information that has been released. So that's on the DOJ side. On the Pentagon side, there's a known known of who's had access to these documents. These documents were part of the, the daily intelligence brief from the Secretary of Defense on down. They came from the joint staff. They came from the J staff. Um, and on it, there's information that all that encompasses all of the intelligence um uh, collection agencies that the United States uses. So each one of them now has got a data breach. They are clearing their desks to make sure uh, to figure out the mitigation and the risks and the, and the plans for knowing that this information is out on the clear right now. So haven't heard anything from the Biden administration on it yet. And and in the fact, again, so this was a document likely classified, got removed out of a skiff, out of a secure location. Somebody took pictures of it, posted it online, and this is where we are right now. It's a you, tremendous that should be that should be mind boggling right. stuff. This is Sandy Berger in the socks yeah. kind of stuff. The idea that somebody actually took this stuff from a secure compartmentalized information facility. That's what yep. SCIF stands for and yep. took it, was able to engage some level of copy of it, whether it be a photo or something else, and decided to post it. That's how is that not? I don't want to be the guy who assumes. How is that not uh, major treasonous stuff? Right. And, and and the people that have access to that have the levels of clearance in order to have that. Those are officers. Those are high in, in, enlisted personnel that have, um, you know, top secret and beyond security clearances that have access to it. And so the, the carelessness of it, it could it could mean somebody has been bought off by the Russians already. It, it could mean that people have infiltrated those um, those committees. I, that is a real problem. And this is, again, what no one is talking about right now. Talking to Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army. I am. I, I read this story and I immediately uh, texted you immediately like this. This is is what we got to talk about. You cannot find this story, but what you can find a lot about is you have uh, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, meeting uh, with the president of Taiwan there at the Reagan Library in Simi Valley. You have the Chinese engaged in a multiplicity of operations meant to show big threat towards Taiwan, although they have not moved yet to try and take 
uh, Taiwan back. But this seems to be where everything is heading and where it, it is going. Has there been any new movement that you've seen from China because of this meeting with uh, Kevin McCarthy? And by the way, it's not like it was just Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House. Uh, she met with Hakeem Jeffries, who leads the Democrats in the House of Representatives, the day before, I believe it was, in New York. So meeting went on a bipartisan level with members of Congress. Was there anything new from China in their saber rattling that made you say, well, they're getting serious about Taiwan here? Well, a couple of things. They're conducting some drills right now over the airspace in and around Taiwan. So those are being monitored closely. Um, but this is this data breach is a tremendous distraction because the intelligence community now has got to focus on on on, on this as opposed to what's going on in, in Taiwan and in China, uh, I think. And the Chinese, this is a gift to them. They'll use this as a way to show other democracies that America can't be trusted. So, some of the information that was leaked came from other countries, came from other countries that told us not to release it out there. And, and sure enough, we did. So that, though, that story, that narrative will be told now by Chinese diplomats uh, across the world. Um, but um, you're, you're seeing the, the kind of this, you know, thousand things that are going to take place in a task list before war starts, and, and this is more things that are getting added to that task list that, that potentially increase that likelihood uh, to come. One of the people who clearly wants to um, lessen the task list is Senator Marco Rubio, who was very, very pointed mm -hmm. in his commentary uh, about uh, Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, visiting China, a, 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 a visit that people saw as a, wait, are we now utilizing China as the power broker here? China's going to somehow engage peace. What kind of, what kind of fool would you have to be to buy into this? And the answer is, well, there are quite a few fools out there. Listen to Senator Rubio and how he sees the situation specifically uh, a question asked uh, by, I, I, I would say, argue, I would argue, asked by Macron, and, and follow his logic here. As far as not getting involved in, in other conflicts that are not ours, we need to ask Europe, does he speak for them? Because we're pretty heavily involved in Ukraine right now. We're spending a lot of our taxpayer money on a European war. And I've supported that because I think it's in the national interest of the United States to be allies to our allies. But if our allies' position, if, if in fact Macron speaks for all of Europe and their position now is they're not gonna pick sides between the US and China over Taiwan, then maybe we shouldn't be picking sides either. Maybe we should basically say, we're gonna focus on Taiwan and the threats that China poses and you guys handle Ukraine and Europe. So we need to find out, does Macron speak for Macron or does Macron speak for Europe? And we need to get the answer to that pretty quickly because China is very excited about what he said. They enthusiastically support everything he said. And apparently he said, so that's just some of Rubio's commentary. Uh, does Macron speak for Europe in this idea uh, that, you know, well, really what he's asking is if, if Europe thinks that some things aren't their business, can the United States think that some things aren't our business? You guys take care of Ukraine. We'll handle Taiwan. Ready, break. Like, like that's the question that, that he's asking. Um, did Macron set himself up for a problem here and Europe up for a problem here? Well, he set himself up for the problem for sure, um, oversimplifying that the issue uh, with the Chinese. And he speaks for himself because I don't believe the rest of 
NATO, some of those NATO countries, you, you talk to any of those NATO countries, Sweden and Finland, for example, that are just in NATO, those bordering countries around Ukraine, they look at France like what, what's going on? You're not even you're half in the game. Same with Germany that you know, this is kind of this, the remnants of old Europe power struggles that uh, if the United States is not involved, we want we would want another country in Europe to step up that has the same capability. But uh, but France picks and chooses uh, which way the wind blows is. And then because of that, uh, you know, that we don't we don't get this, this the stability and the leadership from those countries that we need. It's it's old school European thinking that uh, that Macron has got there when he talks about following America. We, we you know, step up to the game there and uh, and, and kind of get get in it, especially when it comes to Ukraine. But China is not involved in this old school thinking far from it. China is very, very involved in the new school thinking. So they see a move like this, a maneuver like this. Do they recognize, wait a second, this is a fracture point. This is good for us. But then again, it's not good for them if if the United States is still focused on Taiwan. It's only good for them if they can engage the pressure to not have the U.S. focus on Taiwan or be able to focus on the idea of creating better trade partners with Europe, being able to have more power uh, over Europe. So as China sees this, what do you think their move is? Yeah, I, th- I think China is going to be pragmatic about it and recognize that uh, they're, they're going to use it as a propaganda victory in- initially. But I, if they're realistic about what's happening, the real politique on the ground in Europe is that those countries are still uh, well beyond Ukraine's and supporting Ukraine as well as the United States are, is in the game there. I mean, Marco Rubio does pose serious questions to Macron. I think you know he comes back to this side and we can ask him those questions. Um, but but a lot of it just has to do with, the you know, he was there. He gets he gets, you know, feel, feels good about what he thinks is going on there and, and then, you know, kind of spouts off like that. He's clearly speaking for himself in France. I don't believe that uh, the rest of Europe is in the same same direction as he's on the, the this leak, the, these documents uh, being leaked from the Pentagon. And as you describe it, I mean, that's that is it, it's insane. Um is this ever going to reach someone's desk where people get fired, where people get uh, arrested, where where people are charged with treason? Or is this going to be just another one of those things that kind of gets brushed under uh, the rug? I mean, this is this is the same military that said, you know, we took a look at what happened in the Afghanistan with withdrawal and we're super proud of so much of it, as John Kirby said. But really, any of the issues are all Donald Trump's fault. That doesn't seem like a military that takes responsibility uh, for for its actions. Anybody can be held responsible for these leaks? Well, I, I can tell you that the, the military took what happened in Afghanistan very seriously. Um, I think that was more the administration doing a news dump on a Friday, Thursday, long weekend. Because if they really wanted to blame Donald Trump, they wouldn't have done it then. They would have done it uh, you know, in another time frame, I, I think. Um, but we will we will to find out. I look at this and say, who would who would have released these documents? A disgruntled employee, some somebody because they, they've impacted our relationship with Israel, South Korea, that the, the discussions about us putting pressure on the South Koreans to ship artillery rounds to to Ukraine. So I it, it, we have to just find, see it could be a reality winter situation where they the, or Chelsea Manning, something where they thought that they were doing you know the right thing, releasing this out. The bottom line is it's out now. Stake is in the ground. And we move, you know, forward from here on some level. So, you know, we can't get any worse um, as as this information comes out. Um, and if if anything, I, I, there's a clear trail as to who had access to these documents. That's a known known. Uh, and I'm sure the, the DOJ plus the Pentagon will will work to find out uh, who at least had access to them, and they'll be all part of the investigation. 
Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army. Always appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I really do. I've got a lot more to get to. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. I'm hoping to have more information coming up for you about this shooting in Louisville, Louisville Metropolitan Police Department. Um, They have been putting out some numbers of those dead and those injured, but I'm going to just wait a little bit just to see where they're at because I've seen a couple of reports, and as it often happens, the the numbers change because the information uh, changes. This happened... In the morning hours, about 8.30 a.m., Louisville would be Eastern Standard Time. Uh, This took place at the location of an old national bank. Uh, They encountered the suspect almost almost immediately. That suspect was firing gunshots. Uh, they They claim lone shooter in some reports. I'm going to just... Give it a little time on that to make sure uh, that is the case. There's also a question of whether or not the shooter has a connection to the bank. That certainly seems possible, if not probable. Again, just a little more double-checking on that as these things change. This is a fluid story. It all broke this morning. I'm going to do what I can to bring it to you in, in real time with as much information as I can. But there's going to, of course, be... The chorus of uh, anti-Second Amendment people saying, see, you see, this is why we have to get rid of guns. Uh, they, they don't have an argument, but I'll make that perfectly clear. I'll have more information on this when it comes available. This is Tony Katz today.